Hello, I'm Daniel, and welcome to the podcast, Life Changes You. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast that we've been doing over the last few weeks. Remember that my mantra is, explore what you love, transform how you think, and become an exceptional being. Okay, so this week, we've got another conversation with someone who's really interesting and I find inspirational. His name is Richard Fabian. So welcome, Richard. Thanks, Dan. Um, I'd like you to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background. Okay. Um, I was born in, in Southern Africa, in, in Zimbabwe, Rhodesia, as it was at the time. Yeah. Um, quite a long time ago. I'm now sort of in, heading into my retirement years. Um, and I spent my first 20 years there. So it was at a time when there was a lot of political oh, unrest. Yeah. yeah. It was pr- pretty much the time when there was the changeover from a white rule to to black rule. So um, I was a, 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 came out of school and was pressurised to go in, and into the army yeah. to fight against the, I guess, to fight for the, the white um, uh, power, political yeah. party that was in power at the time, which I wasn't comfortable about, although I was, I was pretty young. So there were a lot of curfews around at that time as well that you had to be home at certain times, wasn't there? Well, well, there there was, but um, it was you know the, most of the the sort of fighting the trouble in Rhodesia at the time was in in the country areas, right. l- less so in, in the city where I grew up. Um, but it was this conscription of young people yeah. and straight out of school to spend a year in a very dangerous situation and yeah yeah, so it it wasn't something that I wanted to do or sat comfortably it was against what I what I believed um so I had some health issues which I was able to utilize to my benefit and I I I ended up in a sedentary role and avoided having to do any uh, um sort of frontline activity and then I left the country after that Pretty much at the age of twenty, yeah, and uh, and have never returned oh, okay. to live anyway. Yeah, but you've been back uh, on holidays. I, I've I've been back, yeah, yeah, over the years, and um, so yeah, at that stage I I left and went to the UK for oh, okay. for five years. Yeah, and uh, uh, during that time I undertook a a at the time it was a diploma. They turned it into a degree, so yeah. I call it a degree yeah. in hotel uh, management. Okay. Um, and so I, I did that and basically as a young person, young man, loved living the life in London. Once I reached London, I kind of thought, oh, this is, this is home. I, this, is, this is me coming back to where I should be. Yeah. I, I always found living in that, the environment that we did in, in Rhodesia is foreign to me. Um, and I guess the political aspect of it was a major component of yeah, that, and, yeah. and 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 the racism and the segregation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting to the UK was a bit like this is my home. This is yeah. this is where I should be, and so I was very happy. I, my parents were British, so oh, okay, uh, yeah, 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 I had the British passport. So they'd moved to South Africa. Years yes, before. Yeah. just yeah, in the fifties. Yep. After the war, looking for a better life for their family because there were six of us. They had six children. Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, as I say, returning to the UK was, was kind of coming home for me. So, when you've been back to South Africa, how has it changed? Um, well, Zimbabwe had a lot of hope. Mugabe came in, and for the first 10 years, there was an incredible amount of hope for the future. And, yeah. and that this, obviously, the, it was everybody should be able to decide, 
vote yeah. and and vote and decide their own future. Unfortunately, after that sort of initial of 10 years, then the corruption set in and we, we know the whole history yeah, yeah, yeah. as to what played out with, with him in, in Zimbabwe. And uh, South Africa's sort of taken on a slightly different route. Yeah. Um, lots of issues, but again... It's a, a major topic. Well, I know my mum's cousin lives in South Africa still. Yes. And she said that the worst thing is is the rolling electricity cuts. Like you might have electric yeah. for two days and then you have a day with no electric and then it comes back on again. Yeah. And she said, so, you know, you have a freezer, but there's no point having a freezer because if you have a day without electricity, yeah. everything goes off. So yeah, you have to you have to look for alternative sources. Yeah. It's, it's one of these countries. It's uh, maybe similar to India, where there's this great contrast between first world and third world. Yeah. So there's there's that going on the whole time. Um, great inequalities, huge yeah. disparity between the rich and the and the, and the poor. And you know, South Africa, of course, used to be divided along racial lines with the yeah. wealth. That's less so now. Okay. Although the whites still retain a huge amount of wealth. It's more a case of, um, you know, just inequality. So yeah. I think a lot of the wealthy um, uh, people, blacks now, have have kind of almost forgotten um, the, the once they get to a point of wealth, it's almost like they, they forget. Yeah. And certainly in, in levels of government and power, that's kind of the way it is. Um, so, yeah, great disparity. Yeah. As I say, very much a mixed first world, third world environment. And so how did you find England? Like, were you in the main part of London? Yeah, just, just living as a youngster in London, travelling on to Europe, so doing what, what young people did. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it yeah, must and have been a, a culture shock coming from South Africa to England. Yeah, I, I grew, grew up very much in, a, in an English household. My parents were very British. We were, you know, again, we were, we were privileged, so it, it wasn't hard for me. I, I, I adapted very well. I, mean, I, I didn't adapt to the climate, I guess. That was yeah. ultimately... A big change. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and growing up a very spoiled um, child, a very privileged childhood, when I went there, it's amazing how I left that all behind me and I was quite happy. I had, you know, working as a student, I remember working in a hotel, cleaning the toilets and like, and it didn't really phase me. Yeah. I just got on and did it. So, yeah, um, yeah and I was just happy to be there. I was yeah. happy to be there for, for a period of time. Yeah. And um, I thought perhaps this might be where I would spend the rest of my life, but it wasn't to be. So when did you move to Australia? Well, I, I met uh, my ex-wife, who was yeah. Australian, at the, in, uh, in London. Okay. So that's pretty much what brought me out after five years of being there. Um, and so you've been here ever since. Yeah. So I've, my, I've now been in Australia for uh, you know thirty five years. So yeah. this, this is my home, and I feel very Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Look, I mean, I've been here about the same <clears throat> amount of time from the UK. Um, and when I go back there for a holiday, I sort of think, oh yeah, I'll go for ten, twelve weeks. Mm. By about week six, seven, eight, I'm starting to think, oh. Just want to go home, you know. Yep. I love it in England, but yep. this is home now. That's exactly right. I, I love to travel, and I love visiting and, and and learning about as we do when we travel about other places. But, but Australia, Australia home, yeah, very patriotic. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and of my six or five siblings, I'm the only one that came in. None of the others followed. They, they they've gone to other parts of the world where they they're in the UK or ones in the US and ones wow. in South Africa. So all over the place. So none have come to Australia, but I've. And and they all kind of ask me, so do you feel Australian? And they're a bit surprised and say, yeah, I'm Australian yeah. now. 
You know, we're yeah. a difference, like most Australians. So, but your, with a, your with a difference. brothers or sisters that are living in the UK or in the US, do they feel like they're a, an American or they're an English person? Uh, I, I guess my eldest brother who lives in England, he was born there in the first place. Ah, so okay. he kind of returned. So, yeah, yes, yeah. he would do, do that. But none of the others, no, I don't think so. So they're still sort of transitioning yeah, yeah. around the and, world. And they still hang. Africa is true. Politics aside, it's an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. continent. And it's one of those things that gets in your blood. It's quite hard to, to shake, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So tell me about your, well, I guess you've told me a little bit, but what was your childhood like then growing up in South Africa? What yeah. was schooling like? Um, it was, again, privileged. So uh, it was a very English, um, British style of upbringing. We lived in a very uh, Salisbury, which is now Harare, was a very functioning, tidy town. Yeah. Um, so and and my parents, uh, who uh, are now dead now, but um, were married for almost sixty sixty eight years, and so it was a happy upbringing. Uh, yeah. Well, I know. So I was very fortunate. And there was a lot of harmony within the home. Oh, good. And um, so, yeah, the education was also, we got a very good education. Yep. It was Catholic, so I ended up going to a very strong Catholic school, yep. which, um, uh, yeah, especially this was in the, in the 60s, well, 70s, 60s and 70s. Uh, it was very conservative and traditional, so uh, you have to deal with that once you... Once you, you leave. So was there someone in your childhood that left a mark on you, that inspired you when you were growing up? No, look, I'm not not inspired. My personality doesn't necessarily gravitate towards people that, that provide inspiration. But my, my, you know, my father was very... My father was a very good man. Yeah. Uh, he was a very strong character. Uh, his whole life was very... F- um, his faith, his Catholicism was very front and central, so you had to accept that. But he was, with that, a very good man. Yep. So although he may not have liked things and was pretty conservative, he 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 always approached things in the, in the right way and was tolerant. So he was so he he was a very dominant character. But uh, he he suffered from depression throughout yep. his life. He was a successful businessman. He ended yep. up running a company over there. So he was successful. But there were periods of you know depression and that he had to deal with. I guess had in today's world he would he, uh, he would be diagnosed as bipolar. Right. But. Living in that time, living yep. in, in South Africa, where I don't think he ever got the right treatment. But his faith was front and centre, and that gave him the strength, I think, to get through and succeed in the way he did. So but, how was that to live with a parent with bouts of well, that depression? Well, that was the strange thing. Um, it was almost it was kept a secret. Okay. So we really weren't aware. My mother, she, of course, was the one that had to deal with it. Um, but they... That was... The way they ran, they didn't share that. Yeah. And so now that I look back, I can remember there were periods where my dad would do stuff that was quite out of character. He, I remember a small thing, but he bought this Chevrolet, this American Chevrolet, with, um, which was very unusual for his conservative character. So he's yeah. obviously on a bit of a high there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then other times when he was not feeling so good, of course, he'd pull right in yeah. and uh, nothing 
and we and, and and we wouldn't go on a holiday necessarily. But then when he was feeling really good, we'd have these overseas yeah, yeah. holidays and stuff. So that's sort of right. But as a youngster, you you don't notice it. No. So, and I guess that's actually good that you don't know that's happening because yeah. it would be extra stress on you knowing that your dad's not well. No, that's exactly right. So yeah. it was just okay. And and in his in his I guess his depressions, it was just it, everything just pulled back. It it it. To, to to somebody, to a kid who was being sort of not told anything, it wasn't that noticeable. Right. You know, he just uh, he just pulled back from things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he had some serious treatment over the years and, uh, yeah, and struggled with it. But in the end, he lived to the age of 95. And, wow. Yeah. So he did wow, incredibly amazing. well. So he was very much, he could do no wrong. Yeah. And uh, although I wasn't particularly close to him. Yep. Um, uh but he could do you know, so I always, always looked up to him, you know, respect. But your mum must have been a really strong character as well to be able to carry him when he was in those periods of depression. She was. Yeah. She was. She was also a very. Um, uh, she was a bright light. Yeah. I would describe her as a bright light. She was a very uh, beautiful, very beautiful, attractive woman, and she was clearly the light in his life, and he, yep. he adored her, and 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 she him, but she had to deal with, with. Um, his ups and downs, um, but yes. Yeah, so, so she was she was the light in in our family, the colour, yeah. um, and I I was I was close to her. So uh, yeah, she was certainly the one that I I, I gravitated towards. Wow. Mm. Okay. So what about um, when you started working? You said before that you started in the hotel industry. Yeah. So yeah, that, what sort of career have you had? What sort of things have you done? Yeah. Well, that was pretty short and sweet. So I, I finished that. To, uh, and not really valuing education, this was another aspect of, I guess, my fairly privileged or spoiled upbringing, was that I really didn't value education. So I hadn't put my best foot forward. So I, would you say you finished the equivalent of high school? Yeah, I finished school in yeah. high school, and I actually did a year of university in okay. South Africa before I went to England. But I didn't, wasn't happy. Uh, I felt, um, yeah, I, I just didn't value education. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Did I, I thought hotel management would be good, so I did that. Um, so I, I really didn't, but I came out at the end of it, and at that time, the the, the sort of financial rewards for people in, in that tourism hotel yep. catering was not good. Okay. And I, I sort of came out and I went to an agency, and, and there was this job going in a finance company. Right. And the salary was sort of way beyond what I could earn. Um, in as an inexperienced, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in London was wonderful. So I went for that interview, and uh, I think I sort of charmed them at the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Having, they, they weren't looking for somebody with experience, but yeah. it was this American finance company in London, and they were new there. And uh, yeah. so I just kind of they said, "Okay, yeah, you, 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 we think you can do the job." And so that was the start of me directing across into a finance. Which is what I did pretty much for the rest of my career. So, how many years did you do that? Because I want to move on to yeah. what you changed to and why you changed. But um, I mean, it must have been a good job working in finance for you to stay yeah. so long. 
It, it was. It, it delivered for me a financial reward, and and, yeah. and I didn't climb the, the heights. I, I I didn't. I wasn't. I'm not. A, I don't. Ha- I don't think I'm a, a leader. Yeah. And I never had aspirations. So you got some position that you were happy with. It, it was always in terms of rela- managing relationships. Yeah. So throughout my life within within the banks. Yeah. Was it was managing relationships which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, you were wanting to to have your clients buy certain products and services, et cetera. But, uh, and especially where I ended up in the end, was in the private banking where you're talking to clients, a lot of them are very interesting, and you are forming this relationship. So that was very rewarding. So that sustained me for, for all those years. Okay, so that was another podcast from Life Changes You. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with me through the website at lifechangesyou.com.au or Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, help each other, stay positive and create some goals. Thanks for listening.